<clears throat> can you hear me okay? I can. Can you hear me all right? Yes. All right. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Gaming Sessions Podcast. I am David, joined by my co-host, Gerald. Uh, hopefully, everybody's having a good week so far. Yeah. We're a little late in starting, You not that you would notice, because uh, once I put it out, it's, it's out. But it's uh, been an interesting day so far. So how's uh, anything interesting happen for you this week? Um, yeah, there's there's one thing that stands out as uh, something interesting that happened. Um, uh, for the most part, my week has been fine. We had a bit of a corona scare, but it seems like everything is okay now. No big no big issue. Um, um, but for the most part, everything else has been pretty much quiet. Um, so I've been uh, reading, I've been writing, um, and I was perusing manga. I was perusing some manga, and I came across one called Boy's Abyss. And normally, and I I don't know if I like the sound of that. (laughs) Well, I had checked out the first chapter a while ago and I couldn't get through the first chapter. Like I read through the whole first chapter and I was like, eh, not my cup of tea. Hmm. Well, I was looking through manga again and it popped up having been updated in my normal manga feed. And I am... And I, I just went directly to, I was like, I remember this. I remember uh, not really liking it. And so I just, out of curiosity, clicked on the very last, <clears throat> the, the most recent chapter. So I clicked on the most recent chapter, started reading it, and was like, wait, what? When did hmm. this? And I was like, and, and I did something just on instinct that I'd never done before. I just started reading it from I just started reading the whole thing backwards. So I started at the latest chapter was like what the deuce and started reading it backwards to figure out how the things that are happening now and I get all the way back to the first chapter and I'm like holy crap this thing escalated quickly. Um now what I found is it was much more engaging and interesting of a read reading it backwards for me. So anyone listening to this, the manga Boys Abyss, I actually recommend it because it is sort of a it is sort of a dark look into the needs of human into the needs of human beings like what it it feels like I was reading like what a human being actually needs in order to be happy because of the you're you're following the character of a teenage boy and I'm not going to give too much away because anyone who might be interested in this I don't want to spoil it because I know there are people out there who don't like spoilers but what I want to say about it is you're following this teenage boy and you find out very early on that he has high, he has not high expectations, but he is suffocating under the expectations of what is 
of what uh, he is required to do by his family. Like his family has certain expectations for him and it is suffocating him. It is, it is literally suffocating him. And it is, and the things that they are expecting of him are completely counter to the things that are actually going to make him happy. Right. So, and then he meets other characters who and and it has a plethora of characters from people who didn't from people who are in the part of their life where they're going toward their dreams to people who have given up on their dreams and to people who achieved what they wanted or thought they wanted and achieved it realize that isn't what life is about and Basically, we're like uh, the best way I could describe it is um, who was it? Um, uh, the actor who played Ace Ventura. I'm forgetting his Jim name Carrey. now. Jim Carrey. There is a there is a thing that Jim Carrey said one time. He was like he wishes everyone could get exactly what they wanted so they could understand that that was not the answer. Right. Hmm. So you you have you're following this teenage boy in the story and he's meeting people who got what they wanted and then immediately realized it wasn't the answer that they needed. Hmm. So I found it was very, very interesting. And I also find found it was really weird that when I started reading it from the beginning, I didn't have much interest in the story. But when I read it from when I read it backwards, I couldn't stop reading it. I I read it from the latest chapter all the way back to the first chapter. I couldn't put it down. Um, Interesting. So that was probably the biggest thing that has uh, that has happened in my in my week. And that was pretty interesting for me. Um. Aside from that, uh, aside from that, yeah, it's been pretty quiet. Nothing really, nothing to report. I mean, the, I mean, yeah, yeah, nothing out of the ordinary really to report. Hmm. Well, uh, for my day or for my week, uh, excuse me, I, uh, hit my work truck pulling back into the warehouse so that uh i didn't get fired thankfully but uh i missed out two days of work because of it uh good news christy got a job i'm not gonna say where just out of you know respect and yeah congrats and she's enjoying to her. it Uh, hang on. Mm-hmm. Um, train of thought derailed. <laughs> Christy got a job. We, we ended at Christy got a job, right. and that she and a job that she is enjoying. Yes, and she's anxious to get back to work. No, she wants to say hi. Hi, guys. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you feeling? 
I'm great. I got a new job. Yeah, David's been telling us. Yeah, and he won't tell you where, but I will. I work at Little Caesar. Hmm. Okay. Pizza, pizza. And can I tell you, it's probably the best job I've ever had. Like, I went from making almost $20 an hour to $7.25, and I love it. Yeah, it it's too bad that the choice between being happy and being like and making more money is a choice. Like yeah. I can be happy or I can make more money seems to be the choice. That's a... well, it's amazing. Um, I always thought something like that would be beneath me, but when you're trying to pay an electric bill, it's how humble you can be to take care of things like that and I absolutely had a blast because the manager that was training me was like she showed me how to do everything one time and then she's like oh we'll do this in two weeks when you're more comfortable and I was like just pulling pizzas and she's like okay never mind (laughs) you got it and that's the one thing I was really scared of was the big pizza oven and like burning mm-hmm. myself, but I did it and I made pizzas and I make everything and it's amazing. I just came home and I could barely walk up the stairs. I was like, ow, 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 ow. <laughs> but yeah. it was totally worth it because I absolutely adored it. And oh, David's back. He found my cigarettes. Where'd you find them? bathroom where I told you to look the first time anyway I'm getting the look to get off his headphones so he can talk to you more (laughs) but um, I actually told him and this is something you need to look into too both of you need to look into is iHeartRadio host a lot of podcasts on it and I told David about it and if he doesn't look into it Gerald you'll you need to because this podcast is awesome and you guys need to really try to get it on iHeartMedia and try to promote it out there, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll look into it and I'll make sure David also looks into it. <laughs> no, he won't, but good job. <laughs> I miss you. When are you going to come visit? Oh, wait, we're uh, not talking. Hold on. All right. I'll give it back. <laughs> having a conversation oh and to all the podcast listeners out there we rock we're better than you on this podcast only (laughs) right so she did she did ask me about iheart radio uh i looked in the on anchor and iheart radio is not one of the uh, distribution points that uh, Anchor deals with. Mm-hmm. But uh, it would be nice to get it on iHeartRadio. Hmm. If we get it on iHeartRadio, are we not allowed to stay on Anchor? Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's... Or is it a conflict of interest because they're both, pod, because they're both uh, podcast producers, basically? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's that. But uh, I don't think that would be a problem. But just, uh, my heart radio is not one that uh, 
uh, I guess is worked with or something. I don't know. I'm kind of well, right <laughs> when it comes to I, and I understand what you're saying. I, Anchor does not work with iHeartRadio. My question is, could we stay do? Could we do the podcast on both platforms? Do it on Anchor and also distribute it to iHeartRadio if they would be willing to also put us up. Or is because the two of them don't work together, they wouldn't agree to that? Because because mm. to them as businesses, they kind of feel like it's done. It, it'd be like if I was working for Kmart and Walmart, right? There's actually an there's an actual uh, clause that doesn't allow you to do that because it's yeah, a conflict of interest con- because they're competing yeah. they're competing convenience stores. I, I don't think it, it's that sense because you you don't record podcasts with iHeartRadio; they just host them and distribute them. With Anchor, it does both. So I'm I'm not entirely sure why they don't offer it. Maybe maybe they do. Maybe it's just something like she said we have to look into. Okay. Because uh, our podcast is already put out on uh, like Stitcher, Spotify, Spotify maybe too, and a Google podcast. Yeah. So. No. Well, that's something we'll have to uh, we'll have to look deeper into and find out then. Indeed. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Uh, we're we're gonna be talking about uh, this, this will probably be our last episode where we talk about the Mist miniseries. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't finish anything past the uh, episode where the two game store idiots. Uh, took the dead soldiers and pushed them out into the into the street in the mist. Yeah, and neither did I. I mean, unfortunately, and we might as well go ahead right into it. Um, yep. I was also thinking along the lines that, yeah, this is the last episode we're going to watch of it. Um, for those listeners who have not seen The Mist and didn't know that there was a TV series on Netflix about it, it's just not very good. It is convoluted, it is long, and what it should have been, what it should have been, is it should have been a fast-paced group survival horror. It should have been, these are a group of people who have gotten caught in the mist, and they could have, and this is, it's even kind of a time skip because in the first three episodes, they talk about how this has probably happened before. <clears throat> um, right. That was, so that was Miss Raven, the old lady with right. uh, milky eye. Right. So it's not like this is based, uh, it, it's not like this is a direct adaptation of the short story by Stephen King. It's not that. It is, it's, it's its own thing. Unfortunately, they didn't keep it in the spirit of the short story, which is the mist rolls in. There are creatures in the mist that are killing people. And so it is a group of people trying to survive this otherworldly, out of nowhere threat to them. But that's not what they really did here. Like, yeah, they're trying to survive the mist, 
But the problem with that is, at least in my opinion, is first off, <clears throat> the most dangerous thing we hit, we've seen dangerous things in the mist happen, but either it happens off camera and we just find the bodies or it's hmm. roaches and or insects of some kind instead of right. the large hulking creature instead of the large creatures that it was supposed to be like if you're not familiar with Stephen King's uh, short story The Mist I do recommend reading it it is a very good read but the creatures in his short story range from dog size and up with no upper limit that we, we that we have come across like literally from dog size to up um and just as a preview as to some of the, as, as just a preview of what the creatures are like when i say dog size i'm talking about dog size nightmare spiders right <laughs> but no yeah but no we're just getting we're getting like insects that are burrowing inside your body which is terrifying don't get me wrong but that is that is what they decided to focus on, and they didn't bring anything else. They didn't bring anything else up to bat. Now, I only watched three episodes in. Maybe they brought something bigger later on in the series, but I'm three episodes in, and I'm all, and I'm not interested in any more of the story. The <laughs> characters are uncompelling. It, the the thing is, it's fairly well acted. I, I'm not even going to be like, oh, it's terribly. It, it's actually fairly well acted by about everybody. But there are things that don't make sense in their context. The, the situations are uninteresting. Deaths happen off screen. There are jump scares. There are jump scares. There should not be jump scares in this. And the jump scares aren't even good. There are jump scares and they're not even good. <laughs> so, yeah, I whatever interest I had in this is just gone. And, and as far as I'm concerned, it, it, it was it was a bad attempt. Um, I would like to see a, another attempt at doing this, t at doing a TV series for it, because I feel like The Mist being a short story lends itself very well to like a 12 uh, episode TV series or like a two season 12 episode each uh, TV series. I actually think it would lend itself very well to that. But you have to have people who understand the material enough to keep it to keep the spirit of what it is and keep it fast paced and in intense because it's not really that. Yeah. <clears throat> and on that subject, I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, oh, maybe, maybe Stephen King pure, you know, movie purist would, <clears throat> you know, hang me for for this. But you know, I'd like to see kind of like with it. You know, you had the the miniseries with Tim Curry as Pennywise, and then they did the remake because there was better. Uh, better CGI technology. So you, you know, you, <clears throat> I haven't seen the movies, but 
I did see a scene where uh, Pennywise like opens his jaw, you know, unhinges it like a snake and, and tries to suck the soul out of the little girl. And Wait, so what? maybe uh, it was, uh, I think it was something I saw on Facebook. The, uh, they were down in the sewer and this was when this is like the, the first movie where Pennywise attacks them when they're kids. Yeah. And the, the technology available now made, you know, like he, he doesn't look really terrifying, you know, until you, and, and again, this is just my opinion. He doesn't really look terrifying until you see his, his fucking mouth open huge showing rows and rows of teeth. Mm. But, uh, oh, okay, I'll, I'll start with this. I would like to see a better attempt at uh, The Dark Tower because when, when that movie came out or when I found out that it was coming out, I, I started reading the books and I have mm-hmm. all seven of them. They're very good. Um, I don't know how Stephen King does it, but he's, he's like a master of rambling. And I think I've brought this up before. Yeah. Like you'll you'll have like an entire chapter, an entire chapters of him, like just rambling about something. And (laughs) that's how, that's how his books are so fucking long. I think, uh, I think it, the book, is like a thousand pages. That's a lot of pages, <clears throat> I would think. Uh, in comparison, the Battlefield Earth book was also a thousand pages. That's another one I've read, too. It was uh, a lot better than the movie. Oh, I was about to ask, was it a better book than it was a movie? Yes, same with Starship Troopers. The book is so much better. But, uh, but yeah, so, you know, I'd like to see a better uh, Dark Tower. Maybe Christine, you know, with, uh, with the way we, we can do graphics and shit now. <clears throat> what, what was it? Christine was a Plymouth Fury, but why was it? Possessed was it like the whole uh, Jimmy Dean, like the soul of something got caught in the car and some weird shit? I I think that was one of the things that made it scary is that they never explained why it was possessed. I think that was one of the things that was specifically left out, the explanation as to why the car was basically alive. Mm. So as far as we know, it was an eldritch horror. Hmm. So, at least I can't remember the ex. I can't remember the explanation. And of course, back in back when he was doing all that writing, he was stoned out of his mind and drunk. Oh, they also did the Doctor Sleep, which is supposed to be the sequel to The Shining. Yeah, I've heard that. But yeah, so. I'm going to go over, I'll go over a few things that I do remember from watching The Mist. And like you said, it was, 
you don't really see the killings except for like the one dude who shoots uh, Mr. Raven, then kills himself. You see one of the, uh, did you watch the episode where the, the dude with the big uh, de- uh, death moth tattoo was killed? That shit was kind of. Yeah. And, and that was another thing about the mist that was really, oh, so that was another thing that didn't make any effing sense is that it, it was messing with people's minds where it was making them hallucinate or, well, we think it was making them hallucinate like dead people coming back or it was making them, or, and we weren't even sure, or it was bringing dead people back to life because there's that one scene where the soldier and the uh, crack addicted chick, well, mm-hmm. she sees either her mother or her aunt or some some loved one of hers, and he saw what she saw. So right. there's this thing going on the mist where people are either being people are either hallucinating really bad, or it's it's got some sort of necromancy. Uh, property to it and like it's it's nothing it is just it it is not in the spirit of the short story they that what they did is they called it the mist they used the mist and then made their own thing after that they were like okay so we're gonna do a tv series adaptation of the mist the only things we're going to use from the story are the mist and the name. <laughs> that's, that's basically what they did. Right. Uh, <laughs> that reminds me of that. Uh, <clears throat> it's a YouTube series. And it's like uh, pitches for movies. And, and the dude that does it, he's like, he's the both the the pitch guy and the studio exec. Yeah. I like watching his stuff too. It's funny. Yeah. Um, It's kind of like they did that with the mist and God. And they do that so much with other movies too, like born identity. The only thing they got right were the names Aragon. The only thing they got right. Yeah. But. It is very difficult for them to do adaptations, and I understand that. I understand the uh, what is the word I'm looking for? I understand the work that goes into and and constraints. Um, but I understand that it is you trying to adapt a book that could be one, two, three, four books long. It has all of this information and you're trying to put it into a movie or TV series. But you're, you're not, if you're not going to one for one follow the work, then what you're trying to do is stay in the spirit of the work. If you are going to use a character, you need to make sure that that character is the same character from the story and would make the same decisions that character makes, even if you give them new situations, which means you have to have read the story 
and you have to understand the characters and where they're coming from. If you don't want to use the characters from the book so that you have more freedom in not doing that and want to create your own characters, what you're trying to do is keep the same spirit and feel of the original text. The problem is they don't do that. They just go, well, it has the name and it has the monster or it has the mist or it has the character. So as long as that's there, that's enough of the spirit of the story. That's enough of the spirit of the original writing. And then we can just do whatever else we want after that. And that's why oh. they continue to fail. Right. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah. Uh, now, um, God, why am I so scatterbrained today? <laughs> it's okay. Take your time. Uh, I haven't read The Mist, but I, I like the they're in, it's almost like they're they're injecting other shit into the uh, the plot, like the whole rape thing. Mm-hmm. Just well, to, they... oh, continue. Sorry, yeah, you know, they're injecting all this extra shit just to stretch it out. Well, it's not even that because I am in the process of reading The Mist. It's a, it's a first off, we're calling it a short story, but it's a hundred pages long. And like you said, Stephen King likes to ramble, so I keep finding <laughs> myself, I keep stopping when he starts rambling. And I keep and, I, and I'll get to a rambling part and I'll stop and then I'll go off to do something else and I'll come back to it later, which is why I haven't finished it. But just from what I've read, this that's why I said the only thing that they used that was the same was the mist and the name. Those were the only things from the short story that they kept because the original short story is about a man, his wife, and his son. It has got like and and I understand that they kind of tried to keep it that way, but they turned the son into a daughter for reasons, um, and then his wife actually doesn't. Uh, his wife isn't as prominent a figure as they've made the. Uh, the husband in this TV show uh, wife like she's basically like the wife in the TV show is basically the protagonist and the husband is the is sort of the uh, side protagonist hmm. and in the actual story this is all being told from the perspective of the husband everything is being told from the perspective of the husband so they like a lot of they took a lot they took a lot of liberty liberties in this story right hmm. like the only thing they really got right was some of the genders hmm. some of the genders <laughs> yes some of the genders because they changed his son into his daughter for some hmm. reason mm-hmm <laughs> it was pretty attractive and, by the way and also his his uh, the child 
like it, it, it was about it's, it's a guy his his wife and his son his son is like 10 years old so not only did they change his son into his daughter but then they bumped her up to a 16 or 17 year old high school girl cause reasons <laughs> Hang on a second. Yep, go ahead. But yeah, but Yeah, and I bet you they didn't bet you they didn't even have the uh the queer best friend either, did they? Uh no, not the well no, like he so his son had other boys yeah. that he played with and they were the they were the sons of na- they were the sons of neighbors. And I haven't gotten to any point in time where it says what their uh, sexual orientation is. But once again, these are all 10-year-old kids. Right. These are like – these are kids that are between 8 and 10 because I can't remember the exact age, but he wasn't older than 10. Why is everybody – why are all the kids teenagers so that they can run that rape theme? Probably. <laughs> like, right, real uh, interrupt. He wants to know which Bill and Ted movie is your favorite. Bogus Journey. She thinks the second one's the better one. I'd have to rewatch them. I liked all the Bill and Ted movies. I don't know how I'm gonna. I don't know what I'm going to think of this new one coming up, but I like. The, I liked all of them, but I'm gonna have to rewatch them to tell you which one's my favorite. It's been so long since I've seen them. Um, I want to say the second one is when uh, death is introduced in the second one. Um, and I remember really liking, I remember really liking death's character because, well, everybody did because death's character was great. Okay, he um, says he's the best character. <clears throat> you want but, uh, No, honestly, I don't. <laughs> <clears throat> Just to be honest. I don't know no. what the fuck her problem is today. <clears throat> but anyways, yeah, so... Reasons, reasons, reasons. Yeah. It seems like a lot of the changes to the TV show opposing to the actual short story was just for reasons. Um, And I might be able to discern what those reasons were if I was willing to watch the entirety of it, but I'm just not. I don't want to (laughs) watch any more of this show. I don't want to waste any more of my life. Right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, <clears throat> like I'm willing to be civil about it and just say it's not for me, but those are my final thoughts on it. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, nah. It was a, it was a nah kind of show. <clears throat> but uh, yeah. Um, let's go ahead and take a sponsor break. I'm gonna go upstairs and see what the fuck her fucking problem is, and uh, we'll get back and talk about weird, crazy assassination attempts. Well, are we all? Are we not gonna talk about Parasite? Yeah, we can do that too. I I haven't watched any of the I think I'm only up to episode four, but uh let's that's take where a quick we break. stopped. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and I'll be right back. Yep. And we are back. Indeed. So let's talk about uh let's talk about Venom the anime. Venom the anime. I didn't think about it in that way, but yeah, I guess this could be Venom the anime. Um, and speaking of Venom, there's a uh, indie game that came out called Carry On, and you are this amorphous blob-like creature that is trying to rip its way uh, out of a laboratory facility that's underground and get back to the surface to gain your freedom. And all of the evolutions for it, I was like, dude, this is just Carnage. You're just Carnage <laughs> looking for Cletus Cassidy. <laughs> because you can even, you can use like your tendrils to take control of humans, to open up doors, to attack other humans, to solve puzzles. So it's like, it's like, no, no, you're just a symbiote. <laughs> Right. Um. So it was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, that's uh. So it is funny that you bring that up, but yeah, yeah, yeah. When you think about it, you could say that, yeah, it's it's uh it's the, it's basically uh what is the uh there's an actual comic book line for it. It's like uh, Venom. Uh. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, Darn. Uh, here, sure. let me see if I can. Hmm? <clears throat> I was saying I'm not sure. Yeah, let me see if I can look it up, but continue with your critique. Right. So we're four episodes into this series, and it uh, centers around a high schooler named Shinichi. And he's, you know, at the start, he's kind of kind of skittish, I guess, is a good way to, to say it. Mm -hmm. Um like he's afraid of spiders and and all this and then the night of the first episode we see the the shootings the comet or asteroid or whatever um you know hit near their house and that, just as a <clears throat> just as a side note <clears throat> how do they have such big fucking houses like 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 their house like reminds me of like the the Chinese dojos and the kung fu movies where like in um, Drunken Master like they mm -hmm. got the fucking house and the and then the the dojo and it's got you know a wall around the house with a gate and all that shit did you find did you find what you were looking for yet. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's a Venom. Venom it's uh the Venom verse, which is basically where all the symbiotes just start bonding with everybody. <laughs> Interesting. <clears throat> but yeah, the uh, the little meteor turns out to be uh, like an egg, I want to say, and the little parasite hatches out and enters Shinichi through his hand. Well, he uh, he ends up like using his uh, phone charging cable as like a tourniquet to try to stop this thing from, you know, crawling up his arm and into his head, which is what these parasites do. So the parasite just ends up <clears throat> maturing in his hand. And eventually, and in the next episode or two, uh, Shinichi names the parasite Migi, or Migi, which I think is Japanese for right hand or, or right or hand or something like that. Let me check. I, I do know that there was a uh, yeah, and then uh, at first the parasite doesn't really talk, but then when uh, Shinichi's asleep, the parasite uh, <clears throat> like gets on his laptop or his computer and just starts learning Japanese. And we come to find out that there's more than just the one parasite. There are multiple of, multiple of them. And the first fight is with a parasite that infected, a, it, it looked like a corgi. So it was a parasite infected a dog. And the dog was feeding on other dogs. And we get to see uh, Migi turn a, uh, well, no, even even before that, uh, Shinichi stopped that car from almost running over the kid who uh, whose ball bounced out into the street. Yeah. That was pretty wicked looking. Like his, his hand, his fingers turned into like metal blades and basically fucked the car up. It was crunched up pretty good. And then yeah, Shinichi, Shinichi he... noticed, uh, noticed that... the eye pop out and then quick inter quick interruption yeah. Yeah. that was actually the that was actually when shinichi first realized that something was wrong with his hand because he'd right. actually forgotten about the encounter where he had uh tied off his hand he thought it like for him it had just been a dream that he couldn't quite remember until yeah. that point and then he remembered yeah Good, good catch. Um, <clears throat> so then we go to uh, Miggy telling Shinichi that there's that one of uh, its kind is nearby, and that turns out to be a dog. And uh, Miggy or Shinichi tried to run away, and then the dog like transforms into some kind of flying thing, following them, following them. And <clears throat> Miggy just expands out and catches the dog, you know, stabs through it, catches the heart and crushes it. And then that kills, kills the beast. And then we uh, we're 
think it's the end of episode two. We're introduced to two more of the uh, parasites. One has uh, infected a, a female school teacher. The other infected a, a, a guy. And the episode ends with them naked and like she turns around and steps up to him. So then in the third episode, we find out that this, we find out that the, the female uh, the female with the parasite is a school teacher and she, she talks with uh, Shinichi cause I guess they have, well, they have the ability to sense each other. And yeah. All the parasites have the ability to sense each other. She specifically decides to talk to Shinichi and Miggy because she recognizes what he is that Miggy hasn't taken over Shinichi's brain. Um, so she finds that curious and like she, each of the, uh, sorry for interrupting again, but, uh, just as context, each of the parasites seem to form their own distinct personalities and Mm -hmm. she's different in that she is very curious about what is going on around them. Like she's curious as to why the parasites are there she's curious as to what she actually is she's curious as to what humans are um so like like the initial response the the big uh contrast is the male parasite who um he the the moment he realizes that miggy is only in shinichi's right hand and miggy does mean right so you were correct um the moment he realizes that, he decides that Miggy and Shinichi are both too dangerous to allow to exist, and later on tries to kill them. But where she is different, in fact, the dog also did the same thing. Uh, the the parasite that had infected the dog also did the same thing. It too tried to kill Shinichi and Miggy. She has been the only exception, but the only reason she hasn't is because she's more curious as to their partnership than she is. She doesn't, uh, the parasites are very logical, so she sees no reason since she is stronger than them. Um, she doesn't see any, uh, since uh, she doesn't feel threatened by them, so she feels no need to kill them. Um, but every reason to observe them and kind of figure out what's going on. And through them, maybe she can figure out more about what the parasites are and what she is and why they're there. Right. <clears throat> and then also she brings up to them like almost immediately that she's pregnant because in the, the male was they I think she called him Mr. A. I don't remember something like I, that. I think- it might have been Mr. A. Yeah, and yeah, so Mr. That A. Was also, yeah. yeah, that was also kind of interesting that uh, like, oh, hi, I notice you're, you're kind of a parasite like me. By the way, I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah, and well, what's also what why that is such a big point is because she got pregnant after the parasite took over the host. So right. the parasite took over the brain of the original host and met Mr. A. And out of her curiosity as to what they were, her and Mr. A had intercourse. And she got pregnant. 
And what she brings up is she's like, well, what do you think is growing in my stomach right now? And Miggy points out it's a perfectly genetic human being with no parasitic characteristics at all. It's just a human baby. So she's like, yes. So what does that make us? Why is it that we've taken over the brain of these hosts? We have irrevocably changed their physical nature. And yet, if we reproduce with each other, we don't get more parasites. We just get normal human children. Right. And then that's episode three, I want to say. It spans episodes three and four, actually. Right. I and think then when episode. Good. Good. <laughs> Good. No, no. Continue. Continue. So after that conversation, like you were saying, that's when. Jesus fucking Christ. That's when Mr. A goes to the school and tries to kill Shinichi. And he. He kills a teacher when he's walking in the school because they're, you know, they're like, hey, hey, what are you doing here? And he just like slashes the dude to pieces. And uh, go ahead and, and uh, talk. I'm going to mute myself for, for a minute. Okay. But uh, yeah, and he goes into the school. He does, he kills, he does, ki- I think he does kill the first teacher. And all the other teachers, he just cuts as far as we can tell because all the teachers, think that the whoever has infiltrated the school is some you know criminal who has a knife because they see all the slash marks and wounds so he doesn't kill everybody the the weirdest thing about the parasites is that they seem to want to stay secret they they want to stay under the radar they don't want to be found out but some of them then will do things like this like he made this big commotion in the school also the female teacher who was infected by the parasite was not on board for him trying to kill shinichi and miggy she actually told him not to do so um she also didn't try to stop him and she could have because she was stronger than mr a as well um actually i think her name uh miss tamia is the name of the female uh that's who she took over miss tamia was the name right. of the female uh, parasite. Um, and Miss Tamia is actually the one who ended up killing Mr. A because he lost his fight to Miggy and Shinichi and was going to try to graft himself to her and share her host before he died. And she right. basically set a trap for him and blew him up. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, kind of uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, devious. Yeah, that was very devious of her because the the whole thing with uh, the fight between Mr. A and Shinichi and Miggy was uh, Miggy was telling him that because Mr. A at, like you said at first, he thought it was a problem. But Mr. A wasn't going to focus on Shinichi because he's just a lowly human. So they, you know, they, they made, they come up with the plan 
they don't say it. It's kind of uh, it's explained as they go, kind of thing. So, Miggy is being the near perfect shield, preventing Mister A from attacking Shinichi, and Shinichi just like slowly walks up to Mister A and stabs it with the the uh, sharpened leg of a chair or a table. Mm-hmm. Then leg of a chair. Yeah. And and Mr. A is like, how did that happen? <laughs> like, As like, if yeah, Shinichi wonder- had, wasn't even there. It just appeared mm-hmm. out of nowhere. <laughs> yep. And then, like you were saying, you know, he, he shoves the thing further in through to stop the blood flow, but he's already lost so much blood. So he, you know, he goes through the school trying to find Miss Tomia. What's the matter? Women. And he finds her in like a, I guess, a supply room where she had been uh, venting, I don't know, propane or something, or maybe it was oxygen, which pure oxygen is very, very flammable. Yeah. And he gets blowed up, basically. I do. Yeah, they just honestly, I don't even think they had a designation for exactly what was in the. It was most likely helium. It was most likely helium because I also think it was one of the sports rooms. So it was most likely helium. Um, I mean, I don't think it was oxygen, but I don't know. They 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 never explain it. They just say that there was an expl like the newscaster is just like there was an explosion at the school and that was the end of that. They never actually explain it, right? So, so we could speculate on what gases were are most likely to be in there, but yeah, but it's just suffice it enough to say that Mister A won't be causing trouble anymore. <laughs> and yeah. then uh and then Tommy's mom shows up and realizes that this thing that looks like Tommya isn't really Tommya anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's when the parasites like so I'm I'm a perfect replica of the woman of the girl but even this old lady you know recognized me as not being you know, who she thought she was. And I think she ended up killing her too. Yeah, she killed the mom. Um, It was a big surprise to her that the mother was able to recognize uh, that it wasn't her. But of course, and I think she even figured out, Miss Tamiya even figured out that close relatives could tell the differences um, in how the person was acting. Because that really surprised her. And that gave her another thing that she was going to be investigating. Like, why was it that it was so easy for it was so easy for her mom to figure out that it wasn't really her? Yeah. And that's in episode four, and that's where we we had left off for the past couple weeks because we were doing the, the other content. Yeah. And I, I should probably also mention that, like Gerald said, most of the parasites are just trying to keep to themselves. And I mean, honestly, you know, 
if you're a, a, a cannibalistic, you know, parasite creature who's taken over a human host that has to feed on humans, you know, hence why I drew the correlation with venom. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you'd want to keep a low profile too, but uh, you're going to say something. Uh, yeah. It, it's also brought up that it is very possible that the parasites are under orders from something else because uh when shunichi asks miss tamia about the child in her stomach she says she'll study it um and if it proves that it as a as a test or study subject it is insufficient then it becomes food and he's like why do you have to do that like why do you have to eat people and she specifically tells him that when she had woken up there was something in her head, like something in her mind that told her to devour her like species. It's why the parasite that had taken over the corgi was eating dogs and why the parasites that take over human hosts eat other humans. They seem to have a, a what is the word I'm looking for? A pre- a pre-programmed directive to eat, to cannibalize their own, their own. So, like, if they, if one of the parasites takes over a giraffe, there's probably a giraffe running around eating other giraffes. They're, hmm. like, pre-programmed to be cannibalistic. Right. Um, But uh, what I was going to say was, even though they're, you know, they're trying to not cause too much of a scene, enough people start going missing. Well, they had already started having reports about, uh, they had already started having reports about people going missing or being found you know, killed or dead. So that was already happening in the news. They, uh, in the show, there was even a curfew instituted because of it. Um, so that's. Okay. So I, uh, what I was saying before, uh, anchor disconnected us was enough people started going missing and, you know, diced to pieces. So they started calling them mincemeat murders. Yeah. So, but that was that was just that was the point I was trying to make. <laughs> so, um, we'll keep watching and uh, and let y'all know what uh, you know, like we do what we what we think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Any other, yeah. Any other thoughts before we continue? Um, on Parasite, not so much. Uh, I had, and I'm pretty sure I said this before, but I had started uh, watching Parasite a long time ago, but I didn't get very far in the anime before I fell off of it. Um, more of it is out now, and I think there's even a second season. So we'll see how this first season goes watching it all the way through. Um, right. Yeah, but uh so far not too so far not too bad so yeah and there's you know there's a couple other things like um the i guess you'd call it the love interest the uh 
nicely portioned out girl. I forget what her name is. Um, and that moment where uh, those three punks, I think, buried a cat like up to its neck in sand and we're going to throw rocks at it. And she, oh, no, she, they were throwing rocks at it. They were just missing. <laughs> yeah. That's why and, he was uh, so mad. <laughs> and he, uh, he was like, stop doing that. And they're all like, oh, man, was, we're just trying to have some fun. And he, you know, gets the, digs the cat out, lets it go. And one of them tries to throw a rock at him. And Mickey catches it. And he turns around and looks at him and is like, I will fucking kill you. Wow. And uh, I'm pretty sure the girl was moist at that point. <laughs> well, it is an anime. Right. Like right. Senpai. Oh. <laughs> or something. But uh, so we, we've got, that's all we got for Parasite for now. So take another quick break, sponsor break now this time. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back and talk about some crazy assassination attempts. And uh, also the fact that uh, Fidel Castro had over 630 uh, attempts on his life. Well, it was Fidel Castro. <laughs> <laughs> and some of those weird ways uh, you'll find out about when we come back after the sponsor break. Yep. All right, welcome back, everybody. This segment is brought to you by us. Let's put it that way. Oh, <laughs> how about that uh, bathing or the scuba diving suit with the flesh-eating fungus in it? Yeah, the uh, this. Why is it like I'm okay? So I was I'm reading through and doing research on all these assassinations attempts and how ridiculous some of them are and i am just sitting here like why is humanity so creative when it comes to killing each other <laughs> like we are we are more willing to sit down and just spitball ideas on killing each other it seems than anything else right no, I I can imagine there's an office in in the in Langley in the CIA where you got dudes, you know, just clouds of smoke in the room, and there's you know ashtrays full of cigarette butts, and they're like Jenkins, we have to find a way to kill Castro this time, and he's like puffing angrily on his cigarette, and then just crushes it in the on top of like all the other hundred cigarettes in the ashtray. And Jenkins is like, I know, sir, but we, he just can't fucking be killed. Right. But well, let's uh, just one, spitball some ideas. But one of the attempts was to give Castro a wetsuit and breathing mask filled with flesh-eating fungus. Uh, unfortunately, the lawyer who they gave the suit to didn't give it to him. That was just one of the attempts. Here, let me pull pull that one up from my yeah. stack here. Well, while you're um, looking at that, the other attempt on Fidel Castro on uh, 
yeah, on Fidel Castro's life was they it, it was still a scuba diving uh, scuba diving attempt, but what they were planning on doing was taking was filling mollusk shells with explosives mm-hmm. in a and planting them in a place where he regularly loves to scuba dive because he apparently was a lover of scuba diving and they were going to paint them bright colors so that he would be attracted to them like he's some kind of bird (laughs) and and then when he got close enough detonate them that was one of the cia the cia's ideas these are the people who we leave to keep national security. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, that was, that was, it was the, uh, the bright colored seashell explosive ploy. Yeah. And spoiler alert, it didn't work either. Well, I don't think they ever got there. I don't think they ever actually tried it. It was one of the things they were thinking about trying. Mm, yeah. The painted seashell. It's right here. Number three on this list. So the number one was, uh, I pulled this up, the Exploding Cigar. And I don't know what it was, but uh, the CIA sure loved Botox. So what they did was they put enough botulinum toxin in a box of cigars that would kill anybody that put one in their mouth. Uh, and unfortunately, those cigars never made it to him. Or fortunately or unfortunately, I guess, depending on your, your view, uh, he never got those. So he was not killed by Botox at that time. Let's see. So here's another one. The CIA enlisted the help of a boss in the Chicago mob and the head of the mob's Cuban operations to uh, poison him with uh, pills of a high lethal content. That never happened because the Cuban got cold feet. And uh, the plan was abandoned. Did the contaminated diving suit? Oh, here we go. Yes. The Deadly Lover. Marita Lorenz was given, again, Botox. She she was given two botulism toxin pills to drop in Castro's drink. She never did it. Uh, She's uh, quoted saying, I knew the minute I saw the outline of Havana, I couldn't do it. So that one never happened. Hmm. So is this one Botox too? So number six on this list was the poisoned pen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the CIA used, uh, used a pen that had a concealed hypodermic needle Um, and I, I guess a, uh, a Cuban official was supposed to give the pen to Castro and the needle would, you know, spring out and, and stab him and put the poison in him. But that didn't work either. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, this one's interesting. Uh, in 1960, the CIA planned to sabotage Castro's speeches by spraying his broadcasting studio with a chemical that would make him suffer hallucinations similar to LSD. So, wait, so they created a synthetic drug that mimics LSD? Evidently. <laughs> Is it, wait, wait, isn't that a crime? Oh, it's the CIA. You know they're above the law. Come on, man. <laughs> okay. If it's in the name of national security, any atrocity is fine. <laughs> right. Uh, another one that was, that's just touched on is uh, they had the idea of dusting his shoes with thallium salts, which would have made his beard fall out. Is there like some religious significance to his beard so that if he loses it, he would immediately be executed by his countrymen? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were using their uh, synthetic LSD when they came up with that idea. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't put it past them. See, there's another one touched on that they wanted to spike his cigars with a chemical that would disorient him, hoping he would smoke one before delivering one of his marathon speeches. Hmm. And the attempt... Yeah. (laughs) There's some fucking crazy shit. Yeah. They seem... They seem to try to like using Botox to kill him, too. Yeah. Or if they put in enough of the Botox in like a cigar, enough to kill a person if they just put it in their mouth. Well, this is a CIA we're talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, it is the CIA we're talking about. <laughs> mm. Kill it. (laughs) So Christy's over here on the stairs for for Gerald and the audience uh, saying that the Botox lace cigars wouldn't have even worked anyway. Yeah. Uh, Because it takes time for the Botox to kill you Mm -hmm. and the heat from the cigar would have killed it, killed the toxin anyway. Yeah, or yeah, 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 I remember you saying that. 
give him enough apple seeds, he'll die from cyanide poisoning. Yeah. I believe there actually are a few historic times when that was actually done by one or two wives, and they found out about it. That they had secretly been slipping their husband's cyanide either through apple seeds or some other, uh, like, or just straight cyanide bit by bit in their food so that it would mm-hmm. look like they died of natural causes. But now nah, that stuff kind of builds up and you can check for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, here, Any... let's do one from my list. Um, so this was one I thought was hilarious, and I should have went more into it than I thought, but I figured it was hilarious on its own merit. So George, Gin- uh, and I'm probably butchering this last name, is Genetish, uh a 17th century Swiss, uh, Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think he was a Swiss dictator. I really should have went deeper into this, but he he was basically uh, uh, he, he basically he was uh, I want to say a French dictator of that time in 1639. He was at a carnival, and during the carnival, everyone was like dressed up in costumes and stuff, and right. ends up and he he had survived. I multiple assassination attempts at this time and he ends up getting killed at this carnival by a dude dressed up in a bear costume with oh an axe. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, was, uh, it was sweden i think yeah th- i i had that one on my list too dressed up in a bear costume yeah. and killed by an axe <laughs> yeah killed by an axe <laughs> it just came like, up to him during the carnival in a bear costume murdered him with an axe <laughs> Like, hey, what's a bear doing at this carnival? Why is that bear? <laughs> oh, I'm good. <laughs> this is like, and I was thinking when I was reading it, I was like, really? What were his bodyguards doing this entire time? Was he just probably, in the carnival walking around by himself? <laughs> probably got into the mead stash and were uh, puking up, you know, puking behind the uh, the medieval uh, porta potties. And just blitzed. <laughs> Could be. I mean, I don't know if if, if it was like a, a carnival where you wear costumes. I, I I could understand a bear bear costume, but if this is like a you know like like a medieval version of carnivals we have today with games and and food and shit, I mm-hmm. think a person dressed in a bear suit would be a little out of place. Just a wee bit. Apparently not there. <laughs> Apparently everybody was walking around in bear suits. <laughs> like, hey, uh, did you hear about the bear suit carnival? Yeah, right? <laughs> he felt no need to be alarmed about the one random bear. <laughs> uh, let's see. Another good one is Patrice Lumumba key figure in the Congolese independence movement and the first democratically elected prime minister of the Democratic Republic of Congo was mm-hmm. later deposed in a coup and killed by firing squad. There are suspicions that the CIA, Britain's M16, and the uh, Belgian government each played, uh, each played a role in the coup. 
uh, America thought he was too friendly with the USSR, and Belgium saw him as a threat to their uh, stake in the mineral-rich uh, Katanga province, which they uh, were backing to were backing so that it could break from the Republic of Congo. Now, what makes this a ridiculous assassination attempt is not that he was killed by firing squad. It was during the coup. The CIA had concocted a plan to have Larry Doolin, the CIA's Congo station chief, mm. actually get poison toothpaste mm. into the mouth <laughs> of Lamaba. <laughs> and and not only that, but the guy they the uh the guy they chose, uh, Larry, he didn't even know about the assassination attempt until they literally put the toothpaste in his hands and they told him, "Hey, you need to get this into the mouth of Lumumba." <laughs> and he and he did he never did it. He never did it. So it it came down the firing squad after that. Right. So CIA, let, let's look at the board. CIA, uh, explosive, brightly painted mollusks, and poison toothpaste, and uh, flesh eating scuba suit. <laughs> flesh eating virus filled scuba suit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Botox pills that wouldn't work. Oh, and the and the Botox pills that wouldn't have worked. Not though at the time. Yeah, though at the time of the Botox thing, Botox I think was fairly new, and I could be wrong about this. And correct me if I am, um, but I think Botox was still a fairly new thing, and they may not have known that heat would kill actually killed the bacteria in it. Right. <clears throat> All right, uh, go ahead and give us another one. I gotta mute myself again. Okay, let's see. What's another? So here's one from way back. Nero, the Roman emperor between 54 and 68 AD, had attempted to kill his mother, who still held a large amount of political power. Uh, schemes ranged. Uh, schemes for killing his mother ranged from a mechanical roof over her bed to crush her a collapsible a collapsible boat or having other boats just ram into hers out of nowhere to sink it eventually having assassin eventually having none of these either work or being plausible he just had assassins um he just had he just hired assassins to kill her and frame it as a suicide. Oh, sorry. <laughs> right. So there there's a long history of crazy assassination attempts and ideas. Like when your mother-in-law or your mother, I think yeah, it's his mother. When your mother when you feel your mother is such a problem that you are like, we will make a mechanical crushing machine that we will install above her bed so when she's sleeping, we can activate it and it will just crush her to death. Hmm. <laughs> We've got a huge guy 
theory and a serial crusher theory. Like Nero, sir, I I am not questioning your wisdom on this, but perhaps just perhaps before we go through the building of a collapsible boat you can send your mother out on and then collapse so that she will drown to death, maybe you should just try family counseling. <laughs> is that is is that not an option? <laughs> Evidently not. Evidently not. <laughs> uh, here's a, here's another one for the uh, for the CIA scoreboard. There was a Chilean general named Rene Schneider. Uh, so CIA-backed rebel rebels were planning a coup in Chile, Chile, or, or you know, however you want to say it. Um, mm-hmm. th- this is probably the, the most ridiculous one on the list. He was kidnapped to death. They uh, the, doesn't say how many times. Um, they tried to kidnap him on October 19th, 1970. Didn't work. Uh, they tried to kidnap him on October 20th. Didn't work. And uh, let's see. October 22nd, a third group of rebels uh, tried to kidnap him. He later died of wounds sustained during the kidnapping. So I didn't know you could be kidnapped to death. <laughs> if it can be done, humans will find a way to do it. Right. <laughs> Here's another interesting one. Um, where, where is he? So the, the guy's name is Rafael Trujillo. I think I mentioned this one to you the other day. Um, he was a dictator in the Dominican Republic. Now, this one actually worked. He did. He did. Uh, the CIA did get him killed. But okay. uh, just the the way it happened, he uh, he was killed on the way to his mistress's house. So, guys. Even getting your dick wet can sometimes get you killed. Oh well, that's that's been that's a story <laughs> as old as time. <laughs> like if, if you have to be told getting your dick wet can get you killed, you need to learn. <laughs> you need to get educated. That's a story as old as time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on one of my other lists here of assassination attempts we have teddy roosevelt the bull moose himself Uh, the attacker's name was john shrank and this attempt happened october 14th 1912 so well he was campaigning in milwaukee roosevelt was shot by a saloon owner named john shrank Mm -hmm. Uh, but he had a, a steel case for his glasses and a 50-page speech folded up in his pocket. So all it did was uh, break the skin and says the bullet didn't do damage past breaking the skin and lodging itself in his chest. Yeah. Uh, on that note, there's another president 
um, in which they did a failed assassination attempt. I didn't put it in my list because we were going with the most uh, ridiculous assassination attempts, and this one failed. But I, I'm trying to remember who it was, but I remember it was in tandem with Lincoln's assassination. So oh, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah. yeah. It was uh, oh. John Wilkes Booth going to assassinate Lincoln, and it was another guy who went to assassinate either the uh, vice president at the time or the uh, or someone else. Um, I have to look it hang up on. to get the exact names. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, I might have that one. I know I had that one somewhere because I saw that. Was it Woodrow Wilson? It might have been. Let me, I'm just looking. Here we go. It's uh, William H. Seward, the U.S. Secretary of State. Yeah. So I forget the name of the, uh, the, the person who tried to kill him, but Lewis the guy... Powell. Yeah, Lewis Powell went, and they were at a theater. It was Lincoln and him. So Lewis Powell went on the same day. He went, he shot at him, missed. And this is a 65-year-old man at this time. In Lincoln's time, a 65-year-old man. So not only did Lewis miss his target, but the Secretary of State, Upon realizing he was tr that Lewis was trying to assassinate him, got up and went over and literally beat him into unconsciousness with his cane. So not only did you botch your assassination, but you got caught because the 65-year-old man you couldn't kill kicked the shit out of you. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Right. I was I was telling I was telling Nick about some of these. I was just telling him about some of these assassination attempts and the shit that has been going on through human history. And I was like, dude, if the human race ends, right? And we're just a planet of ruins and an alien race comes by and decides to excavate and translate our language and they get no video. The only thing they have on us is what they can translate into written word. They are not going to be able to tell the difference between what's history and what is a Looney Tunes episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is <laughs> like, I mean, if you just the CIA attempts at assassination sounds like they've been getting count, sounds like they've been getting uh, counseled by Wiley e. Coyote. Like, yeah, <laughs> like. Paint some seashells and put dynamite inside of them. That will attract the Roadrunner. I mean, Fidel Castro. That will attract Fidel Castro. That's what I meant. And then we can just blow them up. <laughs> like, uh, like, hey, hey, CIA, I, I see you're trying to kill Castro. How about you get some of this Acme brand dynamite? Yeah, or or we can leave him, or what we do is we leave him this big meal, right? And then he he, he eats his meal, and since he's very hygiene, he's pro-hygiene, he's going to want to brush his teeth. So we leave this poison toothpaste there for him to use. That'll get him. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, man, guys. Oh, I'll just stop it. Or the collapsible boat. <laughs> I'll send my mom out on a voyage on a collapsible boat. 
All right, hmm. dude. <laughs> All right. Then. I wonder. I wonder if the super time travel and sent some of their synthetic D to this guy. Right. Uh, and no so list of attempt can be complete without mention of Operation Valkyrie. Mm, I'll let you take that one. So this 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 one got a Tom Cruise movie for it. So it was July twentieth, nineteen forty four. Mm. The attacker was Oberst Klaus von Stauffenberg. Um, at this point, Hitler's crazy, probably because of all the meth that his doctor gave him. Mm. So, and, and that's true. That, that's <laughs> that's partly why he lost because you know he was fucking hopped up on drugs. But uh, with von Stauffenberg, uh, in addition with the German resistance, they made a plan to put an exploding briefcase in the situation room with Hitler. So like in the movie, you know, von Stauffenberg takes the briefcase full of explosives, slides it under the table next to Hitler, and Leighton, I think he, he left. Um, unfortunately, uh, General Major Heinz Brandt moved the suitcase when uh, he was standing next to Hitler. And when the suitcase went off, it killed Brandt and three other men. Hitler only had a perforated eardrum as a result of the attack. So, damn it, von Stauffenberg. Should have tried better. <clears throat> Which is hilarious because you actually see the brief, the exploding briefcase in so much media, actually. Hmm. Like, I've seen it in comics. I've seen it in mangas. I've seen it in cartoons. I've seen it in movies. The exploding briefcase is such a staple. Um... So it's hilarious that it's a that it is an actual assassin. It was actually used to try to assassinate someone. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's dumb. Um, it, speaking of exploding briefcases, Margaret Thatcher no, had God. an attempted assassination <laughs> on her with an exploding VCR. So. Yeah, so she was supposed to give um, an annual a uh, she was supposed to give a speech at the annual Conservative Party conference, um, and oh, I didn't write down the actual time. I should have wrote down the, uh, what year this was. My bad. But she was supposed to uh, the the actual speech was going on next to the the hotel that she was staying in. So the assassin checked into the hotel. He checked into room 629 and he loaded a VCR uh, like it was a specially made compact uh uh device that hooked into the VCR and mm-hmm. it went into the VCR and it was set to go off a week later during her speech. The now what happened is everything went off without a hitch 
except that when it exploded, so when it exploded, what it was supposed to do, it was supposed to bring the entire hotel down, right? It was supposed to bring the whole hotel down, killing everyone in the hotel and everyone in the conference, including Margaret Thatcher. What ended up happening is it blew up that room and caused debris to fall down, I think killing maybe two or three people, injuring 20, uh, injuring a few others, but did not kill Margaret Thatcher. The assassin was then caught by them running the numbers on, uh, oh, how did they catch him? Um, this, was there they, a serial number on the VCR or something, or a serial number on the device? No, it was the card that at that he used at the time to check into the hotel. That's how they caught him. So it was registered directly to him, and that's how they caught him. Let let me look up the exact specifics of that. Um, well, you got to use cash when you're trying to kill somebody, right? Oh, and while you're doing that, um, the uh, the guy who beat the assassin to death wasn't uh, that wasn't uh, at the same time as Lincoln. That was Andrew Jackson. Oh, I thought it was uh, the article I read stated that it was during a play that uh, Lincoln was there too. And that John Wilkes Booth was also doing his assassination attempt at the same time. Or yeah, maybe that, I'm remembering that, wrong. Yeah, that was Seward uh, for that assassination attempt. But the, the one you referenced was Andrew Jackson. Dude, uh, try, you know, I, I think it was exactly the way you, you, you put it. He walked into the house, tried to shoot Andrew Jackson. His gun didn't work. Pulled out his second gun, tried to shoot him. That didn't work. And that's when Jackson got up, walked over to him, and beat the shit out of him with his cane. Yeah. (laughs) But I just wanted to give that correction. Did you know So did you find what you were looking for yet? Uh, yeah. Well, not the specifics. Um, let's see. Uh, it's not telling me. Okay. Patrick McGee. Yeah, there we go. It was a thing. It was a fingerprint on the room card that matched one taken years previously after a run-in with the law in Norwich, according to the BBC. That's how they caught him. They the card that he used to go in to uh, enter and exit the room still had his fingerprint on it. Mm. And that's how they <clears throat> caught him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's just uh, that's just poor accountability. Yeah, I didn't think it was a credit card. I was like, they didn't have credit cards back then, so it wasn't that. But I knew it was a card of some kind. Yeah, it was the room card. Okay. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it was, was the. Mar- Mar- huh? This was for Margaret Thatcher. This was for Margaret Thatcher. It was the October 1984 Grand Hotel bombing. Hmm. I would think they'd have uh, credit cards back then because uh, that's 84. <clears throat> was that 84? Well, isn't that what you oh, said? Oh, well, I just, yeah, that is what I just said. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Brain didn't register. <laughs> Brain did not register. <laughs> Brain did not register. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, gotta, that's why you gotta wipe every, wipe all your prints off or fucking wear gloves or something. Oh, wear gloves. Yeah, oh, wear gloves. Or do like they did in Men in Black and just have your fingerprints removed. That way, nobody mm. can find you. <laughs> most, uh, I think most hired assassins do that. What, have their fingerprints taken off? Yeah. They just burn them off. So they don't have to worry about it. Hmm. That's interesting. Which is probably the best way you could do that. Hmm. Um, I think there's also like a latex layer you can get to put over your fingers so that you don't leave behind fingerprints. Yeah, like uh, like they did in uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah. <clears throat> that That's that's the higher end asset. Those are the assassins that you hire. Th- those are the assassins that corporate that corporations hire. Hmm. <clears throat> Sounds like you'd be right up 82's alley. <laughs> I'm looking at another article. The, this one is uh, <clears throat> assassination, crazy assassination attempts that actually worked. We already know about Booth. Oh, let me. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll talk about the Seward one because that was uh, for the <clears throat> uh, link the Lincoln assassination attempt thing too I find this thing okay so Seward was a secretary of state he was supposed to die the same day Lincoln did in in an attack that would coincide with Booth's attack and another attack by another conspirator on then Vice President Andrew Johnson so Powell's Original intention was to sneak into the Seward home under the guise of delivering medicine for Seward, who was injured in a carriage accident. <clears throat> so everything went great until Powell got into the home. He ran into Seward's oldest son, Frederick, on the stairs, who informed him that Seward was sleeping and he'd take the medicine to his father himself. <clears throat> so Powell panicked and tried to shoot Frederick, but his gun misfired. And he took to, he pistol whipped him, pistol whipped Frederick over the head with it. This led to the discovery of Seward's daughter, Fanny. Uh, though this led to discovery by Seward's daughter, Fanny, Powell kept trying to carry out his plot, barged into Seward's room, or Seward's room with a dagger, stabbed him multiple times in the face and neck before fleeing, injuring uh, Seward's other son, 
a soldier, and a nurse, and a messenger on his way out. They all survived, and Powell was apprehended next day at a boarding house and then hanged for presidential assassination conspiracy. Yep, I, I, I did find that one, too. <clears throat> so that, you just... Uh, <clears throat> You know, if you're going to kill somebody, don't freak out when, you know, the person you're not trying to kill shows up or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if, as an assassin, if things look like they're not going to go as intended, just abort the mission. <laughs> just abort the mission. <laughs> you can always try again as long as they don't suspect. Right. So, uh, do you have any other you want to list off or uh, round everything up? Um, I've got, I've actually got two more that I thought were really good. So, George Markov, George Markov, a Bulgarian dissident and communist defector who moved to London in the 1970s and worked for the BBC World Services on September mm. 11th. 1978, while waiting on a bus, he felt a sharp sting in his thigh. Looking up, he saw a man picking up an umbrella and apologizing. Four days later, Markov was dead. It was discovered that a pellet containing 0.2 milligrams of risen was identified during the autopsy. Now... It, it, now, risen is a, is a poison. Uh, this is what risen is. Risen is a poison found in castor beans. Even contact can cause redness like rashes and ingestion can be fatal if not treated. What it does is it is, when it uh, gets in the body, it dissolves and gets into cells and it prevents them from developing proteins that the cells need to continue uh, to feed themselves, basically. So it starves your cells to death. And if it's not treated, it spreads through your whole body. And it and just like uh, just like it only takes a very small amount, like 0.2 millimeters. Uh, yeah, I mean, 0.2 milligrams is not much to the human body. Um, right. So, <clears throat> but but what? But why this is so crazy is because it was literally an umbrella gun. <laughs> the penguin would be happy. The penguin would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if I remember correctly, that was a Russian. That was a like a KGB agent that that uh, used the umbrella gun to kill him. Um, it didn't say. It was suspected that it might have been, but no, nothing like con hard confirmed. Right. Because um, he was a, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was a, uh, he was a communist distant, but he was also like a Nazi who had like changed his name and moved, Markov was. So hmm. it is also very possible that it was a, like a CIA agent. Hmm. <laughs> they finally got one that worked. <clears throat> I know, right? Finally did one that worked. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. So umbrella gun, penguin would be happy, possibly CIA, maybe KGB, we don't know. Gotcha. Yeah. 
We're not. They never, as far as as far as the article that I read about it, they never found out who the man was. But uh, apparently, they found out all of this from him going to the doctor when he started having like uh, symptoms of the risen. But they didn't know what it like. He was just having uh, from from what was well, from what was stated is that he started having like numbness and stuff. So he went to the doctor about it. The doctors didn't find anything untowards. Uh, so they gave him some over-the-counter stuff. He went home. He was feeling better. And then he died. <laughs> <clears throat> so. So if somebody drops an umbrella around you, you better go to the hospital quick. Well, if you feel yeah. a prick and someone is like picking up an umbrella and apologizing, you whoop his ass. You whoop his ass and you hold him <laughs> there until the police get there so you can find out what he shot you with. <laughs> Rip that umbrella out of his hand and beat him with it. <clears throat> uh, let's see. And the last one, which was the one that I liked the most, was Admiral. Luis Carrero Blanco, a fascist, uh, a fascist Spanish uh, dictator, nineteen in nineteen seventy three. Oh, prime minister, prime minister. Yeah, he was a uh, a, a fascist Spaniard prime minister in nineteen seventy three. The Usalkia, <clears throat> and let me see if I'm pronouncing this right. The Uscadi Tascasuna, a Basque separatist group who were against Blanco uh, attempted an assassination attempt during a uh, not during uh, so Blanco would take a certain route to church for his um, what was it to attend mass so Blanco had a certain route he would take to attend mass so what this a separatist group did is a group of them uh uh what is the word rented out an apartment in the building across the street from where he uh across the street from where he was going to be passing through and they did it under the guise of sculpture students because what they were doing is they were digging a tunnel under the street and packing it with dynamite. So that way he drove over it. They get detonated and kill him. Hmm. And it worked. <laughs> <laughs> the craziest thing about it is. It worked. So these separatist groups. Posed as sculpture students. Dug a tunnel out under the street. And when Blanco was going on his usual route. To go to mass. Once he was over the designated spot, they detonated the uh, they detonated the explosives, and it almost instantly killed him and everyone else that was in the vehicle or around that area. <laughs> hmm. Well, so we oh, no. a, yeah, yeah, yeah. So nope, one ahead, case of Looney, one case of Looney Tunes that didn't work, and one. That and one that did, <laughs> Wiley Coyote would be proud. Probably so would Daffy Duck. <laughs> hmm. 
uh, it's like I, I love telling people that truth is that fact is stranger than fiction. And is there any better examples than a, than a lot of the ones that we gave today? <laughs> mm. So, <clears throat> so let's see. We had an umbrella gun, Botox, flesh-eating fungus, exploding brightly colored <laughs> seashells, right? <laughs> An exploding briefcase. Uh, a tunnel full of explosives under the road. The a VCR <laughs> bomb. Uh, I still, I still got a the collapsible fucking boat. <laughs> Collapse. Uh, not only a collapsible boat, but a crushing machine installed above the bed. <laughs> uh, poison toothpaste. Poison, yes, poison toothpaste. <laughs> Can't forget the poison toothpaste. Can't forget the poison toothpaste. And uh, the misfiring uh, guns. And uh, I mean, if you get beat half to death with a cane after trying to uh, uh, assassinate somebody, can you really show your face in public ever again? <laughs> yeah, it's like, man, if you try to assassinate a 65-year-old, and, and this was, and I point this out because this was in the time of Lincoln. The fact that this man lived to be 65 was a miracle in and of itself. This wasn't a time of medical science. This man was probably suffering from who knows how many underlying health issues, arthritis, gut rot, uh, gout, scurvy, gout, scur <laughs> any, any number of stuff. <laughs> and not only do you miss your shot, but this 65 this isn't this is a time period in which 65 year old men aren't freaking uh this is a time period where 65 year old men aren't running marathons because they're trying to keep in shape because medical science has allowed them to do so this is a point in time where 65 year old men aren't sure if they're gonna live to get out of bed aren't going to live the during the day. time it takes to get out of bed to go to the bathroom <clears throat> and then get back to bed. <laughs> they could die anywhere in between that trip. And not only do you fuck up your assassination tip, but this 65-year-old man in this time frame beats the crap out of you. That... <laughs> oh, that's... That, that is a shot to the self-esteem. That is a self-esteem <laughs> shot. <laughs> so, so how'd you get in here? I tried to kill the vice president and he beat the shit out of me. <laughs> he beat the crap out of me. And everybody's like, that was you? And just starts laughing. <laughs> like, they're all like, oh, we watched that. It was, we watched that. There's like, uh, no, we didn't watch it. We listened to that. Because this was the time when radio was still, was a no, thing, no. correct? Or uh, is this no. before radio too? Probably before radio, but uh, you know, we might have read it in the paper. Yeah, <laughs> probably read it in the paper. 
and there were probably a few black and white pictures. And <laughs> this would have been the time of like flip pictures. So there might have been a flip picture of someone who was just taking pictures of that ass whooping the whole time. <laughs> yeah, you turn the book this way and flip it, you see this guy getting his ass kicked. <laughs> here, you, here you read the paper. Assassin, assassin gets his ass beat by a 65-year-old man. <laughs> full flip picture full flip picture article he won't want to miss a single part of this ass whooping <laughs> oh you you can't be an assassin after that no one's taking you seriously after that you're not you're you're no longer an assassin after that <laughs> no one's taking so, you seriously uh, so what's your qualifications? Um, I got my ass beat by my 65-year-old target? Yeah, well, no, no. He's not going <laughs> to put that on his resume, though. But they're going to see his name because no one's going to forget that. That's going to be running around. They're gonna, <laughs> he's not going to put that on his resume. They're going to see his name and go, dude, wasn't the only assassination attempt you ever did botched and then you got beat up? by the target of the assassination and wasn't he a 65 year old dude like he could have died at any point in time during kicking your ass but he lived long enough to finish that ass whooping <laughs> <laughs> I might not live long but I'm gonna live Oh shit, I threw my back <laughs> Right. Wouldn't that have been hilarious? Threw his back out after he was done kicking his ass and then threw his back out. <laughs> oh, I it's been fifteen years since I've opened that can of whoop ass. <laughs> I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> 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 so final thoughts uh, <laughs> human history is a it, human history is a comedian's two hour stand up <laughs> also, uh, also a Mel Brooks movie <clears throat> which Mel Brooks movie was that History of the World Part One. Oh yeah, I guess it was. I have to rewatch that. I don't even remember anything from it anymore. Well, hence why I didn't recognize the name. There's a lot of stuff I need to rewatch. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> I need to rewatch. Right. But uh, <clears throat> uh, good. Good. Uh, continue with your final thoughts. Um, th those were pretty much my final thoughts. Like his human history is a stand-up comedian's uh hour-long Comedy Central show. <laughs> That's what human history is. These are just hilarious. Um, to be fair, most of them were against people who deserve to be assassinated. Um, because a lot of the assassination attempts were against just dictators, fascists, uh, just... Uh, and I don't want to say communist as if it's some blanket statement for communism, but, like, 
the extreme negatives of communism, like those extreme negative communists. It, uh, a lot of these assassination attempts were against them. But man, they were just, ugh. But yeah, th- th- those are pretty much my final thoughts. David? If you can hear me, I can't hear you. So I don't know if you accidentally oh, muted yourself or not. There okay. you go. <laughs> so, so we're going to continue to watch Parasite. We are not mm-hmm. going to continue to watch The Mist. No. And I got to say, it was really <laughs> and a good laugh talking about some of these failed assassination attempts. Right. <laughs> and you know some that <sighs> didn't work. But most that didn't. Yeah, <clears throat> the un- the umbrella gun is some 007 shit, isn't it? <laughs> or or the the uh, the hypodermic needle hitting in the pen. Yeah, that's some 007 <laughs> shit. <sighs> that's uh, that's all I've got for this episode. Yeah, that's all I've got for this episode as well. It was fun as usual. Uh, for everyone who joined us again, thank you for joining us again. For everyone who's joining us uh, for the first time, hopefully you'll come back again. Um, hope everybody's been having a good day. Hope everybody's been having a good week. Uh, every hope everybody's been being safe. Um, and that's all I got. So take care, everybody. All right, and <clears throat> here here's our social media plugs. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at GSAEUT. You know, leave, you know, drop us a note, say hi, tell us what you like, what you don't like, give us ideas. Um, got that. Uh, we have a locals page too. I believe it is GSAEUTSpodcast.locals.com. Come join us there, you know, give us a give us a shout out. And uh, like Gerald said, hopefully everybody's being safe. You enjoy the rest of your weekend. Hopefully you all have a good week next week. I hope I do, too. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. Take care, everybody.